All right. So this is officially, we're up to episode 33 of both Laugh, the Dying Scene Quarantine chat show. And quarantine has gone on for so long now that we are up to our first repeat guest. Uh, <laughs> hey, congratulations. Al- almost a year ago, Rob Rufus was here. I think it was episode two. Uh, I think I had only one under my belt at that point, uh, talking about Vinyl Underground at that point. Uh, and now Rob and I both are joined by his twin brother, Nat. Um, together they are the core of, I think, one of the first bands that I ever got introduced to when I started writing for Dying Scene 10 and a half years ago at this point. Uh, Blacklist Royals, Nat and Rob, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Thanks. Thank you. Good to be Jason. here, man. I, I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, I was driving around and I said, you know what? I've known those guys in one form or another for at least eight or nine years now. And yeah. I don't know that I've ever talked to you both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Nat, Nat, you came up here uh, on that Scott Shiflet, Trevor Keith face-to-face yeah. music tour. Yeah. I think, I-, that, I think that was the first time we officially met. It was. And I was talking about that the other day because I was just talking about we were talking to somebody about like um, punk bands, like just the idea of if if you're not part of a scene, you're fucked just because yeah. of the venue situation. Right. And I do remember meeting you and you actually, I think it might've been you and your brother, but you and somebody else took me and uh, my boys out for like clam chowder or some shit. We, and the, around and was very hospitable and cool. We sat at the, I think it was like the JFK, the John... Fitzgerald Kennedy, like his booth, his booth at the Union yeah. Oyster House. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, man, that's that was cool. very cool. And I, I actually was just seriously, I mentioned that the other day because I was like, you know, it's like punks will be like that even if venue. We'll find a way to like, yeah, yeah, make it work, you know. And I'm sure that's the same for a lot of like music scenes. But if you're just say a, I'm a mainstream artist, like you're, it's gonna be fucking rough. It's gonna be rough for everybody, but. Yeah, it's going to be rough times, I think. <laughs> so we, you, you can't sleep on TikTok's floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, you might make a million fucking bucks, but if you're not, you're, you're not sleeping on the floor. Yeah, I, I, the last people that I had on the show, one of whom was Chris Wallard from Ship Thieves, which to me was like a fucking honor because I've been a yeah. hot oh, water fan forever. Um, and he was talking about the first time that they met Teenage Bottle Rocket, speaking of like that whole uh, face-to-face tour scene, the first time they met Teenage Bottle Rocket was when they were recording Exister. They showed up to, they recorded at the Blasting Room in Fort Collins with uh, Bill Stevenson and they needed a place to rehearse for a few days before they went into studio. So he's like, oh, call Brandon from Teenage Bottle Rocket. He'll let you stay at his house. And so they had never met him before, didn't know who he was, like they had heard of Teenage Bottle Rocket. That was about the extent of it. They knock on Brandon and his girl's door and they spent the next five days in the basement just jamming and shit like that. They're like, yeah, our house is open, Mikasa, Sukasa. Like, and they talked about like that just, oh, probably only the punk rock scene that that yeah. could That's exist That's really funny because when uh, the first time we met Brandon was we were playing in Fort Collins and they let us stay at their fucking house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We saw him and his girl, and we didn't know them at all. Yeah. yeah. We saw him and his uh, wife at the time. He was, they were like riding bikes or something. And <laughs> our merch girl was like, hey, that's the guy from Teenage Bottle Rocket. Yeah. And they came out to the show and uh, 
that was how we met and we became super i mean we were like very close friends and i love i love those dudes and love ray and like but it was a trip and you're right it's only in the punk scene they'd be like you know some dude in a noteworthy kind of band that's like you know i mean at that point i'm like i don't want a motherfucking band sleeping on my floor or whatever yeah, you know right right, right. so cool and hospitable showed us a great time you know so that's funny yeah um, we slept on that same floor <laughs> the same floor as hot water music <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys uh i know for one of you it's been a year just about and matt i don't remember the last time you and i talked it's been a minute it's been a minute man i think it was like in person yeah i mean we've maybe texted but i think last time i saw you was in person in boston maybe with face, to face or something yeah, yeah um but yeah like i said we're doing you know for these times i feel so fucking lucky just to you know we be healthy everybody in our families kind of made it through without you know anything yeah. serious happening so it has been a horrible fucking year or whatever right but but you know i think we're i think we're doing doing pretty well considering i mean yeah man we're uh we're doing good and we're back uh you know i, I think last time we talked nat and i were were uh quarantined apart but now we're you know we're playing music together again and like uh we have this stuff coming out and it's it's i'm getting cautiously optimistic you know that uh the music will exist again and um and so yeah we're doing we're doing pretty good yeah we'll we'll talk about the the new music that's coming out which i finally got a chance to hear today and it's really cool and it took me back to 10 years ago when i first heard blacklist royals oh. <laughs> but cool, but what, when i started uh doing this show one of the things was to talk about or to talk with people who uh had canceled plans and shit like that like essentially everybody did at this point but one of the things that i knew you guys had coming up was that there would have been uh show blacklist royal shows at the fest with like og members to do the 10th anniversary of semper liberi and yeah. that must have been, that that was like that was one of the big things on the calendar with the star on it at least in my book so yeah it, it, yeah we were really excited about that and um but uh I'm I'm optimistic that it's still going to happen a year later. I, actually, I just talked to Eric yesterday. He just got his first vaccine, so like, uh, cool. Uh, uh, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to be jamming again soon. Are all those original guys? Are they in Nashville, roughly? Uh, uh, it, 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 no, um, and uh, <laughs> Eric is and. Alex, our old key player, who is allegedly going to do the show with us, <laughs> he's a bit of a fucking no man, and he's like a—he yeah. was always a wild card. So, yeah, yeah. and as and has grown progressively wilder. <laughs> so, uh, uh, quarantine will do that to you. It remains, <laughs> yeah, it remains oh, yeah. to be it remains to be seen, and and and. Uh, Either Devin, who lives here, or Dirk, who you met, who lives yeah. in Oklahoma City, may may come do the show too. So like, uh, uh, we got motherfuckers from all over, man. Like, and we're all just like ready to ready to play some punk rock. When did the idea to actually do the 10th anniversary 
stuff come about? Was it specifically for Fest and then kind of built around that? Or was that something yeah, that you did in-house? I don't even remember. Yeah, we, um, we actually, our last show was uh, Strike Anywhere, Amberetta, Hot Water Music in Richmond, right? Oh, okay. We fucking run into Tony from the Fest that does the Fest. Yeah, yeah, right. In the pit. <laughs> and we're all wasted going, what the fuck, you know? And just like that next morning, we were going, maybe we should like do a show at the fest. And, uh, you know, we hit up Blacklist Original Bassist and was just like, hey, would you be down to do this if, if yeah. Tony wanted to do it? And um, he said, yeah. And then we, you know, asked Tony and he was stoked. And, and eventually it'll happen, <laughs> you know, yeah. one day. Yeah. And the band's going to be so fucking excited by that point. It don't matter if there's like two people there. We're just going to be like, this is incredible, <laughs> dude. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and you, it is kind of like um, the lockdown really does make you appreciate even this, even the tiniest. Yeah. Of, it's just because it's like, that's not what it's about. It's not about the fucking crowd. It's about like, you know, the interaction of whatever, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, we're, uh, I think that's where that idea was born, though, in that mosh pit of that show. <laughs> I think you're right. And we actually ran into Alex, that very key player he's talking to, who we hadn't seen or talked to in years, in the same mosh pit. Yeah. At a hot water show. That's At awesome. a hot water, strike anywhere, Amberetta show in Richmond. In Richmond, our Virginia. Last show, our last show. That had to be, uh, when was it? Was that like February? It was like February. It was like uh, a couple, the anniversary was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was in February and uh, and and it was such a great show that uh, I felt even luckier to see after after all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they they were one of my last shows, but we had uh, we certainly didn't have Amberetta or um, we had Be Well, which is a real which is um, a really cool band for Baltimore. And then we had a localer band called Fiddlehead open up, but that that was a that's was such a good show. Who knew that that yeah. would be one of the last things we saw, but I know, man. It's it's weird. Um, I mean, and 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 it, it, it think about the people that were like the last thing I saw was a fucking um John Mayer cover band. <laughs> and my girlfriend dragged me to right, right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. yeah. So we really lucked out, man. Yeah, the when the when the Facebook reminds you that it's been a year since your last show. It's a <laughs> like having hot water as as your last show is a pretty good one. And totally. Did. Having a John Mayer cover band at the local bar was <laughs> <laughs> probably just erase those memories. Yeah. You never forgive your girlfriend for that one, right? You'd be like. Yeah. The yeah. whole pandemic, you'd be like, you fucking right. yeah. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. quarantined together and reminded of that yeah. every yeah. day. Remember that shitty show you dragged me to when I wanted to go see Hot Water Music? What I what I love to imagine is a guy who's a band he liked was playing that night, and but his girlfriend really wanted to go to the show, and her brother-in-law was in the band, and yep. he was guilted into going. Yep, and then. And then their relationship imploded and it became, and, and uh, actually it's fucked up. He ended up murdering her. And, uh, it's a pretty dark story. That, yeah, that took a dark turn really quick. Yeah, that's where it went in my head. 
Yeah, I was with you. I was like, yeah, that would suck. Oh. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the new EP, which is out, what, April 2nd, officially, I think. Sure. Something. Maybe. <laughs> April yeah. something. Per exactly. the press release, it's April 2nd. <laughs> it's April 2nd. <laughs> cool, cool. Where, where did these three songs come from? So for those, that, for folks that don't know yet, and I certainly haven't written a press release because our site is still broken. Um, it's, we got three songs and it's out on paper and plastic, which is the, the old label from, from a decade yeah. ago. Um, where did these three songs come from? Are these from quarantine or are these from other things you had going on? Yeah, uh, you know, what's funny is, is um, they actually came from... Uh, the group of songs Nat and I were putting together for the uh, the Die Young with Me movie, and um, we had just having to record these three, and um, then the pandemic happened, and and it was just like they were weirdly fitting with what yeah, was yeah. going on, right, and, and relevant in a way that like we didn't expect, and. Uh, everything sucked so bad we were like we should just put these out you know and and uh and, uh, and give like the 10 people who give a shit something <laughs> on. and yeah. uh, us included and uh, and, and yeah and so that we hit up Vinny and he was into the idea and and and, and that's that's where it kind of happened it, it, it was weird how it happened but it uh, uh I'm excited to have him coming out yeah, it was exciting to hear. Uh, and I'll tell you, because I, I mean, I, like I said, I've known you guys for close to a decade and have been a Blacklist Royals fan for close to a decade. And it's, it, I like the stuff that you've obviously done since then. Like life has taken you in different creative directions, but it was sort of cool, at least as a listener, to, sit, to have it all kind of brought back to uh, that sound from 10 years ago. Was that? Uh, that's good. Cool. That's good to hear, man. What went into like, why make them blacklist royal songs necessarily? Like what got you writing rock and roll songs like that versus what you've done with bad signs or uh, not? I, you know, I, I, I mean, we have, we never really quit. Honestly, we have probably like 20 blacklist royal <laughs> songs teed up. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, this, the stuff with, um, the movie adaptation of my book really uh, gave us a reason to um, go back through a lot of old half-written songs and songs like even shit we'd been working on as teenagers, you know, and kind of, uh, it, it, it just helped us it, like refocus and, uh, and, 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 you know, stepping away from punk rock for a while, like nothing makes you, nothing makes you miss playing punk rock more than not playing punk rock, you know, even, and, and like, I, I love all types of music and we yeah. play all types of music, but like, there's nothing like playing some fucking yeah. punk rock. Stuff. Yeah. We've definitely been on stage quite a few times with bad signs, playing a slow song, looking at each other going, fuck this. <laughs> and it's like, um, our own songs, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. this shit I wrote and I'm like, fuck this. And it's, uh, so it was, it was both intentional, but it was also like when you're young, especially, and, you know, Blacklist kind of had a thing we were doing and then you branch out kind of creatively and, 
and it it was it was cool to kind of come back to like you said old stuff because it was almost like what you know had we just started the band today that's yeah yeah, yeah. the new shit is what it would have sounded like you know what i'm saying it's kind of it's more of like you know that straight ahead kind of like you know our own version of punk but i'd say the lyrics have kind of are a little more like you know what we'd want to be saying they're like a little more introspective than say our our early stuff but i think the sounds definitely kind of you know gone back to that old days it's funny you say that because uh as i was listening to it earlier the thought that i had was that musically this sounds like the first re- the first paper and plastic record, Semper Liberi, the one that is now, I guess, turning 11. Um, but lyrically, it lines up a little more with Die Young With Me. So it, it's sort of like, I, I, I put Die Young With Me on, I went for a drive today, and I put Die Young With Me on for the first time in a while and listened to it straight through. And I went, man, A, I remember how good this album is, but, but it was, it sounded different to listen to it. It's been a few years since I listened to it start to finish. Yeah. And I said, wow, the new stuff sounds more like the original stuff, but the lyrics on this one, on the on Doomsday Girls, sound like they could have come from like Die Young With Me era. That That's cool, man. I, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to know our, 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 our our writing hasn't regressed, you know. Probably, <laughs> like just because we're talking about paper and plastic, but it was actually Vinny. You know, our first record um, was kind of just like, you know, punk rock party music, like or not. Not, I mean, you know, everybody was just trying to be a punk Bruce Springsteen, us yeah, included, right, right? right? Like, right. And you know, and so we had a lot of that Darlington County Springsteen shit going on. And <laughs> Vinny actually from Paper and Plastic was like, guys you're like you know rob especially it's he's like dude your life story is yeah. actually interesting you guys like have interesting shit to say why are yeah, you yeah. Kind of not really saying anything with your music right which is kind of what led to die young with me which was this total total reverse take which is this like mega personal but you know record that um you know was almost like to a fault i i'd almost say it seriously just because you know it was our second record, but it's kind of the, through that process, you know, it was like, kind of like you just said, learning to blend those things and learning kind of, you know, as a, as a songwriter to go like, and honestly, we revisited some of these songs. I was, we, we went and seen social distortion a couple of years ago. And uh, I was so like, kind of, taken back to how motivating some of those songs have been and like inspiring yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever and i was like dude you know like we've got something to fucking say and let's go back and like you know um i don't know it's that's cool that's just cool of you to say about the lyrics because especially um yeah. you know like reject it and and heroin town and stuff we the original versions of those were almost a little darker <laughs> like a little more like you know nihilistic and then yeah, we yeah. Were like fuck that like there's there's enough not because you know you do feel that way but that's not all i feel right so it's yeah. like um so uh so that's cool of you to notice that and and um like he said it is funny because a lot of this stuff was pulled or this line or this line is could be fucking like whatever 20 years old like and 
then they line up with the times and you're yeah. like, oh, that sucks. Well, <laughs> like, you know, it yeah, sucks to be relevant. Thing, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah doomsday girl especially that could be like that's yeah, a that's yeah, a 2020 that, that, song for sure <laughs> that's what that's what was really fucked up about that because uh when i first wrote it like you know i'd written that the crux of this song really years ago and and then it seemed almost irrelevant yeah, and then yeah, yeah. This year happened. <laughs> you waited long enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit comes back around. Yeah. Right. The the world <laughs> will eat itself all over again if you wait yeah. long enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Heroin Town too. That's a song that's talk about a personal song. That's a song about where you guys grew up in yeah. Huntington, yeah. West Virginia. Which if people if people have heard of Huntington, West Virginia, it's quite literally because unfortunately it's got the highest overdose uh, opiate overdose rate in the world uh in the country yeah yeah it is it, overdose uh capital of the world like per capita it's fucking crazy yeah it's um it's weird man and that song especially you know we'd actually been up in west virginia at the huntington mall and seeing this little punk girl like sitting outside drinking a fucking soda or whatever you know and yeah, yeah that was almost like kind of the motivation for writing that or for you know it's like man there's still punks in west virginia like they should know <laughs> they should know people <laughs> are thinking about them and they know it's a bummer up there and stuff but yeah that song is kind of a downer though huh <laughs> yeah well it is except that like we said about doomsday girl it's it's appropriate yeah i mean and and you know Massachusetts for a long time had the second highest overdose rate right, in the right. country. So even though uh, I have never set foot in West Virginia, nor will I probably, <laughs> I would imagine, unless something God, went wrong. Like, yeah, unless, you're like, please, Jesus, I avoided it unless all. I, unless I took a wrong turn, unless I, well, <laughs> unless I drove to Nashville or something like that and kind of, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we have our own pockets in Massachusetts that are that are up there with uh, Huntington, West Virginia, where yeah. towns have been just decimated by opiates for an entire generation now. And so yeah. you yes. essentially lose a generation of people to opiates. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun song. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it's like, it, it is funny though. Like you said, it's, it's kind of sad though, that now heroin addiction is such a relatable issue. Right. Right, like once in the eighties and shit, it'd just be rock stars or what? You know, you know, it's not like everybody you met would be like, oh yeah, right, oh yeah, I know, like I know that junkie shit. So yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Sadly, I mean, it, that's kind of a very West Virginia centric kind of song, but it's <laughs> uh, and it's about our hometown, of course. But like you said, I think I think that problem kind of stretches yeah. out everywhere, especially right east of the Mississippi, like. West of the Mississippi, they have more methamphetamines than we do here. So that's like a whole like third yeah. eye blind thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Third eye blind wrote it like their biggest hit is about doing meth. And it's that's so over most people's heads. And Dude, I know. I think about that time that every time I hear that shit on the radio. He says it's like the first line of the song is about doing crystal meth. And yeah, everybody loves it. You know, our, our, our friend who I won't, I won't uh, name... For, for, uh, I don't know if you should name any of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think there's only one third eye blind story floating around and that I know it. And yeah, it's 
it's not appropriate podcast. <laughs> that's right. that's when I hit the record button and we stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, especially like I said, anybody in the Northeast, like from West Virginia on up through Maine is going to get uh, heroin town, unfortunately. Totally. Yeah, yeah which... unfortunately, I think you're right. Well, like I... you said though, man, it's, it's all, it's also like, you know, people do, everybody can't kind of relate to that. So it is kind of like a weird, it's like a downer song, but it is kind of like an upbeat kind of like, you know, I think, uh, like I said, it's, it's just sad. People can relate to that. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's calling it what it is, which is a phrase that I hate ultimately, but it's calling it what it is. Like a lot of us have lost a lot of people to the bad shit, whether it's yeah. heroin specifically, but you know, that's yay for us for making it through <laughs> ultimately <laughs> no right shit. it's absolutely yeah i feel that um uh, prior to i'm assuming you haven't been back to west virginia since covid but prior to when like do you go back there at all or is that uh is that way in the rear view uh yeah we uh i guess last time we went was um we were shooting some stuff for the die young with me movie and and Matt and I had went up and um and but otherwise like aside from funerals yeah uh nah yeah it's it's pretty far in the fucking rear view is it weird to go back uh, is it a place that's sort of been frozen in time like, yeah. my hometown is sort of yeah. similar like I haven't yeah. it's 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 it, it, it's weird it's it's uh and and it's jarring, you know, to really see like, like our old neighborhood will be like uh, looks the same, and then you and then you really look a little closer, and you go, oh, this house in the middle of the block is now like abandoned and kind of a drug house, and this house is too, and this fucking house is too, yeah, and and and, uh, and, and it's just kind of surreal. Yeah, but it's almost like a frozen and you probably could relate to this it's like frozen in time but in this like bizarro yeah, yeah, yeah. reality where you're like was it this fucked up when i lived here because <laughs> i wouldn't let my kids like walk you know we used to fucking skate all over town like sure. you know and it's like jesus christ you go there now and i'd be a helicopter parent or something <laughs> i have a teenage daughter now my, <laughs> my daughter's 13 and to think of you know part of part of you says, well, you know, we grew up fine, whatever, like we should be able to go out until God knows whatever time. But now I'm like, no, I understand why people are helicopter parents. Like, we even I had a, I, and I won't name the band, but a, a very well-known band friend of ours, punk band ha actually played there, I think a year or two ago. And one of the band members walked off with a local resident and the band became a helicopter band. They were going, you don't fucking walk off with somebody in West Virginia. You don't know <laughs> what the fuck these people are, where they're going to take you or whatever. Yeah, it was like, you know, the wildest dudes on earth are now like, what? We got to find him. We got to find him. It's like, um, so yeah. <laughs> bring that out in people, you know? Yeah. yeah. But all of those sort of like small, but not really small towns. Like it's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right it brings that out of you um have you been writing more during quarantine has being especially now if you're quarantined together or at least seeing each other more 
has have you been writing more now or um has this allowed uh, you to be more creative we've actually been yeah like we've um <laughs> kind of <laughs> you know <laughs> all right I mean, it's kind of been like the music thing was so like we had a whole lot of me us and everybody else on earth right but we had like a whole lot of plans that kind of got canceled and and we we kind of were in this state with bad signs where we had all these songs written and what we've been doing more i've been doing more at least musically it's like actually getting to work during the COVID thing like you know we recorded we finished a bad signs record i did my whole like recorded that whole solo surf ep i did over yeah, yeah. quarantine it was like so it was kind of like we finally, you know, we had a lot of shit like on the back burner that it's like, all right, well, if the whole world's going to be locked down, then, you know, let's finish the record or let's finally get around to doing this thing or, or whatnot. Well, I'll tell you, not everybody's been like that. So it's good that you actually took advantage of that yeah. time. There was definitely a lot of, um, of unproductive nights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was certainly not like, uh, I was unfazed or either of us were unfazed. Like, um, but like you said, and, and honestly, it really was like, you feel lucky to even kind of be inspired yeah. as an artist. Cause it's like a lot of people, I mean, it's, it was just so hopeless, you know, and it almost felt like you get your identity ripped away in this weird thing, right? If you're a musician or if you're a whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was good to be productive. And a lot of times that was like, just, just to stay sane. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. You know? yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I, I think it was, it's been probably easier for me than him because writing, like writing, writing, it's, it's I can be just so in my own head yeah, yeah. by myself and not because uh, it, it, it sucks playing music when you can't collaborate with people you know what I mean so it, it is cool to to be able to start rehearsing again and and really working shit out and and we've been working on a couple different uh projects together and 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 it's exciting to even even like the possibility of going out and playing music again is so exciting now when you get when you write do you write for a specific project or do you say like oh we got to write a bunch of bad signs songs now or yeah. we should be working on a blacklist album or do you just kind of when, when we're talking writing music or do you just kind of go and see where the music I, I, goes i usually write for a specific project yeah you probably do too i think we're yeah I, I, it's usually like we're focusing only on this till we get this done, and now we're focusing on this, and uh, and and we're gonna write, we're gonna get a record written, and then we can write something else, you know. Um, uh, but I, I think it definitely all. Um, I and I, I, I really think it's just helpful. It's been really helpful just keeping writing something you know what I mean like it, it makes it a lot easier to switch gears and stuff and like yeah. it, it, I only know three chords anyway so like <laughs> you're not reinventing the fucking wheel yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> either way <laughs> but it is cool I think and I I think a lot of people that kind of do multiple projects probably um have this happen but 
I do say if I'm writing for bad signs, I'm thinking about I'm writing for bad signs. But, you know, in that process, a lot of times you write something that you go, this might be a sick punk song or a sick yeah, yeah. whatever with it. So, you, you know, that was kind of definitely helped. You know, like I said, we had a lot of stuff piled up that I was like, could finally go. All right. Like, you know, maybe I'll revisit this because, you know, I've literally watched everything there is to watch <laughs> you know i've watched once upon a time in hollywood 50 fucking times so yeah oh you watched all of netflix like you got to the yeah. end <laughs> where did the i so we haven't actually talked about this even though bad signs has been around for years now uh when did the yeah. first record come out it was like 2015 maybe 27 uh our our official first record was a record store day release in 2017 okay. but we like self-released a single i think maybe that's what i'm thinking before yeah. something yeah mm -hmm. where did that idea come from because it's such a especially for the mid 2000 teens or whatever we call them i guess such a unique sort of sound and such a unique project where did the idea for that come from and i'll tell you that in listening back to die young with me for a while today and then comparing it with Semper Liberi, you could almost see that bad signs, not that I thought that that's the direction you were going to go yeah. in, but the yeah. amount of sort of like reverb and vibrato and whatever on the guitar is like, oh, I could kind of see in hindsight, like why this became a thing. But where did that idea really, really uh, stem from? Um, it was, we'd met Samantha who is the other member of Bad Signs through a, like a mutual friend and seen her play. And we just were at a point with Blacklist where we were had all these like, you know, kind of very bad, you know, the Die Young with the experience, you know, was like essentially a record getting shelved, right? And we were kind of going, right. all right, I still want to play music. I still think like, you know, I want to seriously pursue music, but if we're going to do something else, it was, it was like trying to do something that was different enough from Blacklist Royals that wasn't just, you know, a like whatever, a repeat of Blacklist. And it was kind of... Or that wasn't like grow a beard and play an acoustic guitar. Well, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Which is fine, but... But no, there yeah. really was a lot of that going into it. Yeah. It's like, fuck this. I don't want to just, you know, do the shit everybody else is doing. And right. it, it really kind of was um a risk because we didn't lean on the blacklist it wasn't like dudes from blacklist royals we were like we're gonna make this a whole different yeah, yeah, yeah. um but just like you kind of said it's it if you look at the influences though even like on our first record or whatnot it kind of is all we're pulling from the same stuff it's just kind of done in a different way or like okay instead of you know, or, and with bad signs, it was kind of just, um, you know, embracing a lot of the things that, uh, like blacklist wasn't necessarily about, you know, blacklist is just kind of our, like a punk band and bad signs yeah. was like, all right, we can, you know, whatever, paint our fucking faces and get up there and <laughs> freak people out, do our thing. And, um, and, and weirdly, uh, uh, Bad a lot of bad signs. I think when we recorded "Die Young with Me," like uh, it was just such a wake-up call. I mean, I remember Ted Hutt who produced it. We had sent him like 
songs we were really like vibing for right and it was it was all shit that really was a lot like bad signs like donovan and like yeah, yeah. 60s stuff and all and and he was just like I don't know if you guys know what you sound like. <laughs> yeah. You fucking sound like Brian Adams. Yeah. You don't sound like like, <laughs> like this. Yeah, he was, it was kind of like a how does Donovan apply <laughs> to fucking blacklist royals? Dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a really like, you know, you get you you get into all this different kinds of music and you think it comes through in your own shit and like and it and it ne- doesn't necessarily and and that really i mean bad signs was really kind of nat's brainchild but it was really like a, a culmination of a lot of influences that we musical influences we couldn't bring to fruition in blacklist and then like uh visual influences that we couldn't which is more like misfits tiff the cramps yeah, yeah. shit like that you know so um uh, yeah, I think it really came from that, and, and like Matt said, just frustration with yeah. where we were at with blacklist at the time. But you know, I think that's like the common rookie mistake where you go, "Dude, we got our new record, and every song sounds different, or whatever." You know, yeah. you're like, yeah, "Dude, yeah. you don't need the reggae song. That's great, you like <laughs> reggae, but start a fucking <laughs> reggae band. Then don't put the fucking reggae." Anyways, so that kind of was what led to bad signs, and I think. Yeah, it was a lot, and it was a lot of during recording Diane with me that we were like trying to pull those influences in and then kind of found an easier route would just to be started another band. So just then we put like a hard, it's just like blacklist. Like a clean like, break on it. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, so we go to blacklist and we're like, these are, this is a punk song I wrote about, you know, being pissed yeah, or yeah. whatever. You know, it's like a very bad signs is always kind of in character. Blacklist is kind of, you know, more just semi-real thoughts and feelings, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they all are, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, right. Kind of a... It's more of a concept. Conce- conceptual, like, you know, type thing. Was that the idea? At fr- Like, at what point did the, the concept really start to take place? Did it start with music or did it start with other, like the look and the vibe you want or whatever or it all started with um this sounds insane but i was actually watching natural born killers okay and there's this scene where juliette lewis is like singing in her cell yeah and, yeah yeah and i was like God, i haven't seen that movie in 25 yeah, years and and i was like watching that and i went okay like this like this is cool but it's creepy and it's it's what so we kind of started with like visual ideas but we actually started recording and say writing music before we ever, it took us a while to kind of figure out, you know, how we wanted to really, you know, our approach has always been, you know, we'll cut it and then we'll figure out how to do it live. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of the thing with that sense. And I think we may have played like three shows or something when we got that official record store day release. And then oh, we're wow. like, Oh, like, okay, well, we got to figure out how to do this live now, you know? And it's really, uh, our, our new record that isn't out yet that we, that we did over quarantine, like, is, it, it's really cool because it's way more like, uh, I think Blacklist fans will like it more. It's way more punk rock. It's like way more on the uh, the Misfits, okay, Crampsy type 
tip you know there's not a lot of slow songs yeah so uh yeah it's almost more rocking than die young with me i'd even say yeah i would so too. it's kind of back in we're kind of i would too for bad sure. bad signs are kind of <laughs> as we progress the sound we we you know x was like a big influence as far as like yeah, yeah. signs go and we've really started leaning in to say that male female vocal thing so i'm singing more and stuff and we're actually we, we're doing a live stream in a couple of weeks and we're going to play all unreleased songs oh hell yeah so um you know it'll be a little sample or whatever for people but uh yeah i'm looking forward to that actually yeah, oh, man. yeah that that record store day release i remember i went to a record store in New Hampshire, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, to get it. And I wanted to buy a couple. There was somebody else that was asking for a copy of it. Somebody from, I don't know, Facebook land or whatever. Yeah. And they wouldn't let me buy two copies of it because it was a record store day release. I said, they, I remember they got six of them in and they were in the same bin. And I was like, oh, awesome. Like it's here. And I think there was maybe a Jason Isbell record that came out the same day. And so I got both of them which there's a weird combination, I guess. Yeah. Oh, they both came from Nashville. Um, but yeah, I tried to buy two and the guy was like, no, you can't. I was you're like, like, you're like, I know these really? guys. <laughs> I know these guys. You're overestimating the demand like, yeah, of this you... <laughs> record. Like, trust, let me take it up yeah. my hands while I'm fucking here. It's right. I'm bad. going to give you money for it. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's limited to one per customer for record store day titles. I was like, so like, if i come back later he's like no it's one per day I'm like, oh my god Jesus, that's, that's awesome. i appreciate the effort though man yeah, i right. tried yeah but that that was such a cool record and it's not like like i said before it's way out of left field for really anything else that was coming out when that album came out like it yeah. it doesn't sound like anything else from this generation <laughs> the, the the concept and the the like the whole Elvis thing, like doesn't doesn't look or sound like anything else. That I really liked that aspect of that record. That was really cool. Thanks, man. And it was kind of a, you know, like you'd said, it was it it took a minute to figure out what we were gonna do, but it kind of stokes me out that it wasn't say what people that knew Blacklist were expecting. So I actually think that's cool because we that was part of it. You know, it, we didn't want to just like yeah, yeah. throw beards and get up there and go <laughs> and now we're gonna play it slow yeah yeah, yeah. which wants that like, yeah, there, listen, there's a time and a place for it i'm a i'm a 40 year old <laughs> white guy with a beard so like i hey, bro I'm, I, I'm right there behind you dude don't worry i'll be there i, I you know i I'm don't mind like a like putting on a flannel shirt and getting the martin acoustic <laughs> out and playing punk rock sounds that but but it's cool that you didn't do that. And then and then with the, the surf record that came out for people that are uh, still listening, the, the surf record that came out, uh, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, I guess at this point, like only yeah. on cassette tape or whatever, which whatever, that's not, <laughs> you have to I'd have to find a place to play cassette tapes. But but again, it's a it's a thing that people wouldn't expect uh, maybe coming from the guys if they remember like Warp Tour era, uh, Blacklist yeah. Royals, you know, like this totally yeah, instrumental, yeah. weird Dick Dale inspired evil surf album. It's yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah, thanks. Um, and it's actually only on cassette because it was supposed to be a cassette store day release, and then cassette store day didn't happen. 
Was that actually going to be a thing? I don't know that. That was like going to be a thing. It was like gonna and, be a big thing. But um, yeah. Burger Records was too. Yeah, let, yeah. It it anyway. It was going to be a thing, and but uh, yeah. It's um. It was it was also kind of in that same vein though to go well if I'm writing a fucking a song I'm gonna like use it for one of these bands yeah. and a lot of those songs did have lyrics and stuff though but I kind of um had to push myself to go like if you it almost was more of a challenge for me to go can I write a song that's like three minutes without lyrics that you want you'll listen to yeah, yeah. like because I dig a, a killer instrumental like. So, and a lot of those were say, based on instrumentals I love, like I wanted to like write a ballad. So I'm listening, I'm like, what's the sickest kind of instrumental ballad, which I went to like Santo and Johnny's Sleepwalk, right? Okay. You, you actually sit down and go, dude, this is a four minute song with no words and it fucking rips. Yeah, yeah. Like that takes, like you kind of, that takes like some chops. So it was really kind of about me challenging myself to find a way to, not just you know do yeah, to write life. a song that's not just 90 seconds long that's all instrumental but to get people to listen to it like to actually be an interesting song i say yeah. this as not a songwriter at all uh, <laughs> but that but that seems like like that's a different sort of challenge right yeah. like it, there's a cool uh, it, it is it's really cool i mean there's one song uh, uh i don't know if you're gonna listen to it yet but there's one yeah, song yeah. called snake that's like the audio if you've ever been to a fucking skate park and got snaked, it's like, it's like the audio equivalent. It's it's sound is surreal. It's like you feel like the feeling of being snaked. LSD yeah. flashback. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and and it's shit like that. It's just really. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's where my head goes. I like had him over there playing it, playing it for him, going, "This is supposed to sound like it feels when you get snaked." At a skate park. <laughs> and it does. Um, but we played. We we did some. There's. There was an instrumental on that first Bad Signs record, Hypno Twist. Yeah. It's kind of the same style as the surf shit. And we would always enjoy doing that live, like more than anything. Like, like I said, I mean, a lot of the slow songs, you know, we'd be up there going like, oh my God. But we got to <laughs> play that and just let loose, rip, like rock out, have fun. Yeah. So it, that kind of was what, you know, that was where I was like, man, this is, just like fun just to get up and play surf guitar and just rock the fuck out you know did you have to like teach yourself to play surf guitar or is that a thing that you've you messed up uh, yeah i taught myself i i would like you know I, i'm totally self-taught and and like not necessarily a good guitar, <laughs> guitar player technically you know um it's punk rock it's weird if you're well yeah so it's your brian I, baker yeah yeah i i did i i actually just like sat down and would learn old surf songs and then that's kind of how you pick up i i did it just the same way you know i learned to play punk rock you'd watch the video of the dude doing it yeah, and yeah. you're like going okay i think it's like this and then you sit down and you suck for a couple weeks and then you kind of go oh, that sounds okay you know, <laughs> well, now you have the benefit of YouTube and things like that to be able to use versus yeah. 25 years ago, picking up a guitar. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, dude, the YouTube is definitely will speed up that process for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing that I've probably gotten better at during quarantine, not but I've played a lot, but it's just from watching YouTube videos and playing guitar, sitting in my exactly. dining room table and well, there's nothing else to do. And I got all these guitars here, so I might as well 
Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And those tutorials really are great. And it's like, it, it kind of blows your mind, all these total rippers that are just in their basement, like yeah. all across the world. Like, what the fuck? These guys yeah. are like prodigies, you know? And or they're not, and they're not necessarily musicians either. Like yeah. YouTube has has sort of risen uh, the bar in some level, but like it's guys that might work in accounting or that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's like I just got work off work at the tire shop, and here's how you do. You're right, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, YouTube's awesome because it it just reminds you like there's a freak out there that can do everything like you can look <laughs> up a tutorial for anything on that shit like yeah like how do i get a piece of dried gum <laughs> off uh, my stovetop and and there'll be a fucking tutorial yeah oh and, but then there's more than one because there's yeah, like yeah. there's there's so many <laughs> shitty comments in the comment section that's not how you do it and then yeah. somebody else makes their own <laughs> Yeah, and it's but but then the bad side is they're all fucking freaks. So it's a twenty minute tutorial for a two second right task, you know. Yep. Uh, but uh, for music, yeah, it's invaluable. So if twenty twenty one goes accordingly and everybody gets vaccinated, and those of us in places where we still wear masks actually still wear masks, what will be the first thing, sort of on the radar? live music wise if things break accordingly would that be fest theoretically and the blacklist 11th anniversary thing yeah maybe for blacklist yeah uh hopefully fest and some other festivals um, um were there other tour dates last year too i just don't remember at this point no, but were there other I, things we've been talking about doing some other stuff and like puja fest and some things like that um and then it just kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> right yeah. now, though, I think everybody's hoping for the fall. Yeah. I'm assuming Bad Signs are going to be, might play a couple more shows than just Fest. And we're playing Fest as well. And then, yeah, Blacklist is going to be playing the Fest. And oh, yeah, Bad Signs is. We're kind of just every, every, everybody just like got their fingers crossed. I hope that goes down. Well, Obviously, it's going to be a cool thing to get back out on the stage, but is it also going to be a weird thing to get back out on the stage after the year we've just had? And uh, not and knowing that there's still going to be some level of the bug out there. And yeah, like, it, it's been weird. Like, uh, I mean, like my vaccine just kicked in, you know, yeah. and like, because I only have one line, like I, right. I haven't fucking been out at all. Yeah. So it's been it's been weird being back out. Uh, I, I I actually think uh, maybe being on a stage will be less weird because we're like separated a little bit, you know. But uh, but I yeah, it, it, it's gonna be fucking weird. But everything it, it's also weird, like having to uh, Clorox my bag of tortilla chips. Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm down a row with the punches at this point. Yeah. Well, and you guys live in a place where people were a little bit fast and loose with the wear a mask all the time. Oh, they rule. still are, man. It's a trip. Yeah. Like yeah. the trippiest thing about getting finally getting vaccine and being able to leave is to go. Oh, nobody gives a fuck. About <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and anybody that does is at home. Right. And it's, it's it's 
it's weird. It's the Wild West as yeah. far as fucking COVID goes down here, yeah. man. And it has been the whole time. Like, it's a trip. <laughs> it's really weird to watch how that's been at other places in the country. I bet, I bet living uh, in the Northeast, it's, 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 been, it's been weird seeing how the South really uh, has dealt with it. Yeah, and we, we have pockets of that. We have small pockets of these anti-mask people, and there's been anti-mask protests outside governor's houses and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's all the same people that voted for Trump, essentially. And yeah. so, thankfully, in Massachusetts, there aren't all that many of them. Yeah. But, but they do exist, and it's weird. But then to watch videos of, uh, what was it, Kid Rock's bar or something like that, maybe in like August that had... Yeah. Yeah. There was way over capacity for non-COVID times, never mind. But that's it's so creepy. Even to watch movies now where people are getting together in a place or to watch old <laughs> concert videos, it's like, oh yeah, we did that. Like, but that guy's <laughs> he's breathing right on that other guy. Like yeah. <laughs> well, is is that weirder to you than like the new there there's like this there's starting to be like pandemic horror? movies oh yeah i skipped and, that. And, and and it's like i i kind of i kind of get the sick like uh like gallows humor of going fuck it i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch <laughs> this but you know I, but the news is so much like a horror movie anyway like, right yeah <laughs> i might desensitize you a little bit yeah for sure um but yeah places like where you guys are Texas, Florida, obviously. It, it is very bizarre to know that, like, in our little pocket, we've been trying to do everything right. We've been trying to mask. We've been, we haven't quite Cloroxed the tortilla chips, although I know people that do, for sure, <laughs> that do still. But, but, like, we do everything according to plan. Like, we don't go out much. We wear masks and we walk around the fucking neighborhood around nobody, just in case. Yeah, yeah. And then to know that there's people like it's weird but it's also sort of infuriating like we don't have oh. to be still doing this if we had just fucking paid attention yeah it, eight it, months ago totally man it, it 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 is and like you forget uh that i mean like one of our best friends like like we we just attended a zoom funeral and oh. like people shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, that's a thing I've and, not had to do yet. And, and you really, and it really like, uh, you have this sobering moments because the numbers are so staggering and it's been going on for so long. And then you have these reminders like hit home of like, God damn guys. Like if like, at, at what level is their culpability? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right. Uh, and the answer, of course, is zero. Nobody gives a fuck. But like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That is the answer. Nobody gives but, a fuck. But it, de but, uh, it definitely, uh, it's going to be a good time for punk rock. Because, like, if you're not fucking pissed off after this, like, you're not paying attention. I feel you, though. You are going to, there's going to be a period where you got to get over it feeling wrong. Yeah, right. You know, you're yeah. like, this feels fucked up like yeah you know especially when you're we're of that mindset of you know we've been doing i've been i've been more cautious like than most people right and you're right. Very kind of like i'm trying to do my shit right so it's it's gonna be like a getting over that process i think especially in this uh scene 
yeah. if there's yeah. still a scene left, frankly, but <laughs> because all, all of the small clubs, if we're, if there still are any, have all been staffed historically by people that are also playing in bands. So it becomes this sort of ancestral web in a good way. Yeah. But then, so the clubs closed down and nobody's been working for a year. And so our band's going to want to give a shit and we're the one scene where like it thrives that you can't sit down at tables in little pods eight feet apart from each other and watch a punk rock show that's and, it doesn't work and it really it really it's it's i i mean I, punk rock will survive but i i definitely hate it for like you know like you said a lot of bands that you're living hand to mouth to be able to tour you know a couple months out of the year and like if everybody loses their fucking job, everybody, nobody's playing music. And like, right. uh, there's going to be a lot of bands that have members that are going, I, I can't do this anymore, man. Like, right. I because you finally got a quote unquote real job. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. You... Like, and, and that, and that sucks. And, and, uh, I, I, I don't think, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's obvious that like our society doesn't, uh, give as much credence to like the importance of art and the, right. and, and subcultures and communities but like they're really gonna uh have a tough time bouncing back from this shit man and i i really like we're luckier than than a lot of people uh sure we have like a pad we can play music at and like just like enough sh shit going on that we can that we can keep creating pretty safely because like it, it just sucks man it's it, it's heartbreaking so i'm, I'm hoping uh some of these venues th these venues survive i hope that there are kids that have been quarantined or whatever that are that have taken the time to learn how to play guitar and shit like that and I, I that, hope so too. because there hasn't been whatever guitar music in years really <laughs> yeah. which i think was i know adam levine from whatever from maroon five got a lot of shit the other day uh -huh. about saying that there's no bands anymore i think what he means is like there's not necessarily like kids don't play guitar anymore i know i have a teenager uh, yeah totally. kids don't play guitar anymore so i hope that being locked in the house maybe with dad's instruments or whatever has gotten kids to play guitar or to learn how to play guitar so that maybe there will be a next generation of a punk rock scene. I, I really hope so too. You know, like, uh, like, fuck. I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, the stuff that the techno technology wise, uh, the stuff that kids have access to now is really awesome. And we never had it. Like, my daughter is in seventh grade, and they're working on like they're doing remixes for music class. So uh, the teacher gives you um, a seat, like a vocal seed. Now, granted, they're just doing All Star by Smash Mouth or whatever, but yeah. then they have this program, this sort of garage band-ish program where they remix the song, basically. They come up with drum beats. They come up with bass beats. They put breakdowns in. They learn about how to structure holy a song. Shit. I was like, holy shit, that's <laughs> awesome. That's, that's insane. such a trip. And so if there are kids that are able to do that, that don't just become SoundCloud rappers or whatever, but that become like musicians punk rockers or whatever that's gonna that'll be cool i hope it's happening yeah yeah uh i i have this i mean it's just the jaded person in me that feels like uh like the the access 
to not necessarily the technology as far as making music, but it's like their subcultures seem to kind of be a thing of the past. And, yeah. and to me, like, I feel like you, having a subculture, you get a lot. I mean, yeah. you because you, you kind of have to you kind of have to go all in with it if you want to be part of it, you know? Right, right. And, and that's not the uh, not the case anymore. Right. So, uh, hence, like, the shitty SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, man, I'm, uh, I, I'm hopeful. There's going to, it's like if one out of a thousand kids can be uh, disillusioned enough to pick up a guitar and, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do it for real. Like that, that would be great. I, there's like nothing that makes you feel old like a fucking SoundCloud rapper. I, <laughs> I, I looked at this article the other day about top 10 new up and coming SoundCloud rappers. Oh. And I was just like confused, dude. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Are these kids doing this much many drugs? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just sounds so fucking weird. Yeah. It, I don't know, man. I'm, it's no, it, it's weird. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm it's, like, and, and I'm frankly, like, the SoundCloud rappers are actually like from a couple of years ago at this point. Like that's almost old at this point. Yeah, now it's like because TikTok. everything's on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I'm like, I'd like to take pills, not listen to them. <laughs> you know? right. And, and uh, that's not. I'm not into it. Yeah. But you know. Old fucking dudes sitting around bitching. This, <laughs> yeah, right. This tale, tale is over his time. <laughs> <laughs> Every generation. Has yeah, kind of, yeah. So, yeah. Like, the fuck. <laughs> uh, we can wrap things up. Thanks for coming on tonight, guys. This was this was really course, fun. Man. It's good to actually talk to both of you in the same room. I, we're not in the same room, but you are, and that's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been I, a long I, time. I really, dude. I, I can't wait so we can actually uh, hang out again. Yeah. I know. I, hopefully, people will buy. Uh, how is it coming? Is the new thing coming? Is Doomsday Girl coming out physically? I know uh, it's through paper yeah, and plastic, it, it, but it, it, it's coming out um, digitally uh, next in a couple weeks, and then it's it's coming out physically. Uh, I, I think uh, it's going to be like a Black Friday release. Oh, okay. And and we'll also be uh, the fest if that happens. Uh, so if you come out to our show, you can pick it up. Yeah. Finger, fingers crossed for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I'll save you a copy, man. Fingers crossed.